Bishop Almagokin, you're an Irish Jesuit and you're just recently returned from the Synod on Synodality in Rome. Now, it was a heavy-duty Synod, five and a half days of work. How did you experience the whole event? At the time, I have to be honest and say it was hard work. This sitting, listening, doing some speaking, but an awful lot of listening, five and a half days a week, four weeks. There was something quite relentless about it. Main work went on, I think, in five official languages. So a lot of the time I was listening in two languages at the one time, and that is wearing. But then at the same time, it carried a, a fabulous challenge. We were practicing the conversation in the spirit, this model of around the table you had the facilitator and 11 others and when each module or issue that you were dealing with arose each person as the fruit of prayer had four minutes to share what they were moved needed to say on this matter and you were kept to that everybody else listened respectfully and with charity and at the end of that then there was and and the thing was punctuated all the time by two three four minutes of prayer let's stop and pray allow the spirit to speak to us about what we've heard then the next round would be everybody had three minutes to respond and that was not you were told this is not an opportunity for you to repeat or to reiterate your point it's an opportunity for you to to say how were you moved by what you heard and that could be either you were consoled and encouraged and enriched or indeed you were upset or shocked or whatever not to say you were wrong and you shouldn't have said that again it was an honest reporting of how the spirit was working in me listening to everybody else that went around again time two minutes or more let's be quiet let's pray for the guidance of the spirit and then the final thing was out of all of that what can we say that about our group about what we have heard about what can we say together just do this vocabulary what were the convergences where can we all say yes we clearly saw on these things we're all in agreement then what were the divergences where do we have to say honestly we did not agree on this Mm -hmm. there was one voice that said x and the other voice said no not x or or y is there anything that as a group we could agree about moving forward so that's a challenging thing to be involved in requires a lot of patience and uh, just <laughs> sometimes long suffering and uh, all these good things but also but it, stamina it, it, i would have thought as well stamina, that's the very word i was looking for exactly it took stamina but you had a sense listen this is a good thing to be doing so a thing that kept on coming back to me about why is pope francis going on about this so much And just one great virtue of all this is Pope Francis sees a world that is very divided, where, and in many ways this is aided and abetted by social media, where more and more people seem to be going into their bunkers, happy only to speak to and listen to people who think like them. There's a lot of that will infect us in the church where, you know, those of us who are more conservative, uh, orthodox mind are happy just to talk to one another and likewise those who are more liberal. What Francis is saying is the followers of Jesus should try and not be like that. And 
these conversations in the spirit were a genuine effort. You know, like mm. I, in, in the hall, you had very different takes on things um, around the table. That was so. There would have been times when we just were living with all of that. And while life would be far more simple and easy if you didn't have to be bothered doing that, I say, if you could just be with people that thought like you all the time, it would be very easy. I think Pope Francis is saying we have to try and model something different and do something different. So that was, could see the great value and virtue in it. It's true. It's like the spiritual conversation that has been developed to be very much part of that Ignatian tradition. Absolutely. They very deliberately told us we're now calling it conversations in the spirit, yeah. somehow or other, to highlight that it is presence of the Holy Spirit, not just a tone or something spiritual. This is something that in the Jesuit world we have been trying to cultivate in recent years. Just listening to you, before we move on to maybe just the details of sitting around the way that was a different type of synod, but it strikes me that even just against the backdrop, say, of what's happening in Gaza and Israel and the deadlock that is happening in so many areas in America, divide, that that's precisely what's not happening. And that is hard work. You work for peace. You work to try and understand another person. That's right. That's what Pope Francis is on about. And there's something very valuable about it. It is messy and time-consuming and hard work. But in the light of all those other things, we were there, was it on the third or fourth, third or fourth day actually of the Synod itself that the news came in from the Holy Land, terrible things that were unfolding there. That was a backdrop to it. And obviously at any big church gathering that I have been at in recent years, there is always a voice from Ukraine. And I was hearing that and that you had a sense we are involved here as best we can in another way. Yeah. The Synod this year, it was different because you said around our table. I yes. know that previous synods were often quite hierarchical, maybe even in seating order and things like that. Describe what it looked like architecturally. We saw some photos and it looked very much like a yeah. round table conference you'd see in a hotel anywhere. I think were there 35 or 36 of these tables of there were seats for 12 and the 12th person was a facilitator then 11 participants including fraternal delegates the other christian traditions every theme was dealt with first of all around a table with your own table and then there was a general congregation where A report back from each table went on. That was a three-minute input from each table. That's 35 or 36 of these to be listened to one after the other. And then free interventions. And the interesting thing about the technology is you can can move from table conversation to plenary without anybody moving from their chair because the thing was set up that there was a camera in the middle of each table. There were four mics around not the corners, north, south, east and west. Yeah. And any individual, like say, if, if I as an individual was going to speak, it would come up on the computer system that mm-hmm. I was the next to speak. My name would be announced. The camera would be pointing at me on my table. The mic in front of me would go live and I would be appearing on the screens on everybody else's table and two big screens at the front of the hall. So wow. you could go from round table to plenary without anybody moving from their chair, which was probably become commonplace, but I had certainly never seen the technology used like that before. Height of technological input to facilitate people there. Yeah. 
What about the themes? How much are you allowed to speak about? I know during it there wasn't a lot to talk. I mean, I'm presuming when you're talking that some of the themes that might be more divisive, like the LGBTQ issues, women in the church and ordination, those ones, I know they're very Western, which I've just picked out. I'll bet you there were other ones coming from other more indigenous countries as well. But are they the ones that might have proved to be a bit more fractious? Yes, indeed. Those ones that you mentioned, we are divided on those things. They do tend to be more Western. So those fault lines certainly came out at a certain stage. You know, yeah. I think you can see the synthesis that some of that shows. It could not have been otherwise. I think the beauty of the radio silence on it was that it was allowed to go on without people in the hall being awfully conscious about how's this going down in the media outside, which would have skewed it. I think there was wisdom in that, even though it seems counterintuitive that synodality of us all about openness and transparency Mm. and so on would have to be conducted in such a way, but I think there was wisdom in it. So, yes, of course, we are divided on those things and we experienced the divisions. We spoke about them respectfully and so on. And there's not much more to say about it. That is where we're at. And the Holy Spirit's going to have to guide us. The Catholic Church, needless to say, has moved very slowly. That's why it's still here 2,000 years on. And it will continue to move slowly but surely. And I think all of us on either side of it, whether it's those of us who are more conservative or those of us who want change, I think... We're all invited to trust that the Holy Spirit is with the church and we will be guided into the truth as we go on and maybe patiently stay with this laborious, painful old process. Another theme that maybe was hard for us Westerners to to hear that I think you can see it again in the synthesis came from Africa. Africans aware that mission in the last hundred years in many cases they received the great gift of the catholic faith of faith in christ risen from the dead it also came in an imperial package and africa at least certainly many in africa are wrestling with that so that came out strongly and it was clear to me that there was one african bishop i I read him saying it outside the synod so as well as inside you know he was saying to us Europeans, he said, we're only 100 years old. We're a very young church in Africa, but we're vibrant. And we're not worried about the same things as you, our 2,000-year-old sister, are. And But we're growing and we're vibrant. And it was the first time I have ever been in a setting where Africa spoke up and said, listen out, guys, we're here and we will be an important part of the conversation going forward. Yeah, that's interesting. They have a critique as well and how they experienced how Christianity was brought to them. Any other surprises for you? What about the South American church, China, anything like that? China, everybody knows there, there were two bishops from mainland China who came and stayed only for a short time. It was made out that they walked out. There were visa restrictions on them and they were only going to be there for a short time. I didn't actually get to meet them, but we were aware of China being there. I'll be honest with you, I have a feeling that Latin America wasn't going to give me as many surprises maybe as Africa did in that. In one way or another, we have heard the Latin American voice a lot over the years. And I presume, just I was interested when you said there, Alan, about going round meeting people individually. Often things like this, a lot of the impactful work is also done. Now, you might not have had much time, but done in the informal bits where you have lunch together or coffee together. I met 
all kinds of interesting people and I would imagine, as I said, in many ways I'm only slowly digesting the experience and I'm not sure exactly what it was yet but I think there were contacts I made and addresses that I got that will be in the, of people in different parts of the world that will be significant for me, um, hopefully for my diocese and for us going forward. Above all, there's ways in which I have to say, I often had the reflection, in many ways here in our diocese and in Ireland, we're doing many of these things. In our parish pastoral council formation, a lot of our people have really taken to the idea of discerning God's will together, of praying with scripture and allowing the Lord to speak to us in our parish communities and really taken to it enthusiastically. At times, our narrative is, oh my goodness, you know, we have so far to go. Pope Francis speaks, to my mind, nearly too much about clericalism. There is a problem there in many instances. In many places, I know already, and in my diocese, priests and lay people are working really well together, growing in this sense of discerning together. And that's a great thing. I came away more inclined to say, We've got to build on what we have rather than, oh my goodness, there's a terrible mountain to climb. And finally then, because that's a good note for you to reflect on, the issue of child clerical sexual abuse and child protection, was that prominent? Yes, it was. I, I certainly named it very clearly at a couple of tables that I was at and I heard it again and again, as was we in Europe and North America and Australia were the one who experienced it, my goodness, is it 40 years ago, and we're still dealing with it. It was clearly and strongly on the agenda, seen as something that just always calls us to honour the story of those who suffered as far as we possibly can to try and grow as communities in our dealing with the experience for those who suffered and for the community that has suffered as a result of that sad painful reality that is so vividly present to us all, particularly in this part of the world, and also to be encouraging bishops and others from other parts of the world to be open to this reality, that this is a reality that is part of the human condition and it will be everywhere. And for a very long time, it did not surface here, and then it did. And I would have had conversations with people from other parts of the world, really encouraging them to know that they could be proactive in supporting people who have not yet been able to come forward and who need encouragement, support. That was a very big part of the experience. Finally, Alan, then you've got a year now to process what you've been through. Will you be going back there next year? or Will it be a different group? That is not clear in Ireland We did say, I remember when Bishop Leakey and I were were chosen, the understanding at the time was that we were being sent for this year. Out there, there was a sense that there should be continuity. Now, how that will play out in actual fact, we may be going back, or then again, there's the possibility that other bishops could be going from Ireland next year. There's a certain ambiguity in our case because at the time of our being nominated, it was said, well, this is for this year. For as an actual fact, I think the expectation was that it would be a two-year process. So it may or may not be, but I'm very open either way. <laughs>